I'm Woody Huffines, and this is the Owner's Voyage Podcast, a journey to business ownership. In this podcast, we'll talk about how to make that journey more fun, more rewarding, hopefully more profitable, as well as tips for staying away from potholes, dead ends, traps, and washed out bridges. We hope you join us. Welcome to episode 25, where we're going to talk about the concepts of systems thinking. Earlier on, I recognized or at least mentioned the book, The Fifth Discipline, and that there are five disciplines that are involved in being a successful business or a learning organization. At the time, I spoke about revisiting that book, and it's about time to start the next piece of that book, or the piece that at least all of us need to think about, at least in generic terms, and that's the concept of systems thinking, or thinking in terms of the system instead of individual parts and pieces. There's a simulation game that's been played all over the world in a number of different places, and basically it's a game about a supply chain. It's called the beer game, and there are three actors in the beer game. There's a retailer and a wholesaler and a brewer, and the concept of the game is that each of these players plays the game as if it's in real life, and they make the decisions that they would make if they were playing that role in real life. So what happens is there's a retailer, and as the retailer, there's a beer, love beer, and you stock 12 cases of beer, and you sell four cases a week, and then you order four cases each week because you want to keep your stock of 12 cases there. So you order four cases, you sell four cases the next week, you order four cases, you sell four cases, and then the distributor. The distributor is getting four case orders from these retailers every week, four cases each week. It's, it's, it's a stable system because nothing changes. And then the game introduces one perturbation to that stasis. The demand at the retail level for love beer goes up to eight cases in about week two or three of the simulation. Well, what the retailer does, because the retailer wants to have 12 cases in stock, is instead of ordering four cases, he orders eight cases. But then he looks at, well, if I order eight cases and I sell another four cases, I'm still going to be down in stock. So he orders maybe 10 cases or 12 cases. And then the wholesaler sees that he's got these cases. He thinks his supply is going to be dwindling because people are ordering more. So he asked the brewery to please start developing and brewing more beer because they're getting an increase in demand. Then the next week, the retailer sells eight cases again. Well, the wholesaler didn't have enough places and enough cases in stock to give the guy that the retail level all that he asked for. So he can only send eight cases, but the guy ordered 12. So the retailer goes, oh, my God, I don't have enough beer. So he ups his order. And then the wholesaler ups his order. And the brewer is then in higher demand and they need to increase their capacity. Well, anyway, what happens in the game traditionally, and it's been played in a bunch of different cultures and a bunch of different places, is that it creates this yo-yo effect where the retailer keeps ordering more and more beer and the distributor keeps ordering more and more beer and the producer keeps trying to produce more and more beer. And what happens is the system completely collapses. The interesting thing was the only change in the entire system was that the number of cases demanded at the retail level doubled. And it creates this chain of events in the structure 
because each of the actors in the structure is acting on the information that they have. They're not allowed to communicate with each other other than to put the orders in. They don't have a feedback mechanism. They don't have any way to take take a step back and look. And what happens at, by the time you get to week 12 or 14, since this backlog of orders has been building up from the retailer and the wholesalers, pretty soon the brewer is sending truckloads of beer to the wholesaler and the wholesalers got truckloads of beer sitting there and the retailer is now caught up and he doesn't need any of this beer because he's back to his 12 cases and the only thing that's happened is he doubled from week one and the whole structure falls apart it's a classic supply chain uh, system and it shows how a classic supply chain system can fall apart you can look on wikipedia and it talks about the beer game and if you get the book the fifth discipline they've got a pretty fulsome explanation of why it falls apart The point is that the structures that we operate in influence our behavior. So regardless of what that structure is, it's a business structure, a family structure, a neighborhood structure, any organization or any pieces of an organization that interfaces with other organizations, that structure influences the behavior. And the structure is often very subtle. And if you don't understand the entire system, it can cause you to make decisions or do things that are inimical to being successful in the end. And leverage in business and leverage in systems comes from thinking about the system as a whole. Rather than thinking about just your role in the system, you need to think about all of the players in the system and how those players in the system interact and what kinds of things you need to to pay attention to, to leverage your behavior, to have things come out well in the system. Think about filling a bath or adjusting the temperature for your shower in the morning. You know, because you're older and experienced, that if you turn the water to full hot, it'll take a while for it to get hot. Or if you turn it to half hot, it's going to take a minute to get hot. And what happens is, if you're not experienced in the way these systems work and you watched your kids do this, they want a hot bath. So they turn the water on and then they feel the water and it's cold. So they turn the hot water on some more and then they feel the water and it's cold. And then they turn some hot water up some more. And then pretty soon the water that's coming out is scalding hot because they've overshot the mark. They've mixed in too much hot water for the shower. So they turn it back down and turn it back down. And it takes a great deal longer for them to get the temperature that they want for their bath because they don't understand the delay in the system. As we come to understand simple systems, as we get older, for example, it's pretty apparent how you operate the shower. You know that there's a delay from the time you turn the water on until the water turns hot. And since you know that's the way the system works, you can operate within the system to more closely approximate the temperature of the shower you want without great perturbations in the temperature of the shower because you're able to approach the temperature that you want slowly. And that comes with experience. And that comes with understanding the system. And understanding the system is something that we need to strive to do in other places. It's understanding that delay that gives us the ability to operate better in systems. Think about a natural system. It's, you know, it's here it is in August. And if you want to harvest some wheat in September, then you needed to plant that winter wheat back in March. You can't cram a complete growing season into 10 weeks. You can't wait until mid-August and decide, hey, I think I want to grow some tomatoes this year. It's not going to work because you understand the system. You know that there is a delay between the actions and the outcomes. In natural systems, you can't force them. 
you can't force the grass to grow faster. You can't force the weeds to die quicker if you put uh, herbicide out. You know you have to wait a couple of days. Well, or most people do. My neighbor doesn't. Yeah, my neighbor doesn't get that. She'll go out and spray the grass, and the dandelions aren't dead in two hours, and she'll spray it again, and the dandelions aren't dead in four hours, and she'll spray it again, and then pretty soon the whole yard's sick because she's put a bunch of herbicide on it, and I keep trying to tell her, hey, you got to wait a minute. There's a little bit of delay here. And that is the value of systems thinking. If you understand the system, then you can apply decisions from the system from a better position in the system. So let's think about events. You have an event in the beer game, the number of, of cases of beer that you sell in a week, double. Or in the adjust the shower operation, you try to adjust the shower and by making great big inputs in how much hot water is in the mix. And it doesn't work because you look at each separate event. You crank the hot water up, it gets really hot. You crank the hot water down, it gets really cold, and it takes you a while to learn that you need to moderate the inputs that you put into the system, which is the second piece of the pattern of behavior, where you become responsive to the responses of the system. So if you're reactive to events, especially if you have a lagging indicator, for those of you who are pilots, when you first started flying, one of the instruments on the instrument panel in an airplane is called a rate of climb indicator. And the rate of climb indicator is a lagging indicator. And this is how you, in what's, you in introduce what's called the pilot-induced oscillation. You pull the nose up a little bit, and it takes a minute for you to notice that you're going up at 300 feet a minute. So you push the nose down, and the needle continues up. And you push the nose down some more, and the needle continues up. And then you push down some more, and then the needle goes down drastically. And pretty soon, you're going down at 500 feet a minute. So you go, oh, Lord. And you start pulling back on the yoke and pulling back on the yoke and pulling back on the yoke and pulling back on the yoke. And pretty soon you're going up at 800 and then down at 1200. And there's this porpoising effect that you get because you're being reactive to events instead of understanding the pattern of behavior and being responsive to the system. Now, there's a third level. And the third level is understanding the system structure. And that's the way you generate solutions and systems behavior is you understand the system. So we'll talk again about how to understand systems and what are the loops in systems and what are the things in systems. And I've been thinking about this because right now in business with the coronavirus and COVID-19, we're getting events and the events are causing each business to be reactive. If you're a bar in the state of Texas, for example, the last time they shut down bars, the bars were given three hours notice. Three hours. you got to be closed in three hours. So if you know you have to be closed in three hours, all you can do is be reactive. Some of the restaurants have looked at it from a pattern of behavior, and they've been responsive by looking at the information that's coming out from the state and trying to apply some information about what might happen next, given what's happened in the past. And instead of responding to individual events, they're responding to the patterns of the behaviors of the political entities and how the political entities are behaving. The bigger question is, is how do you generate solutions? How do you look at the entire system? And there's no better example for us right now than the coronavirus, because the coronavirus has a whole bunch of different inputs from the standpoint of the science 
You remember when the coronavirus started, they said, don't wear masks. And it turns out the reason they didn't want you to wear masks was they were afraid of a mask shortage. And they said masks weren't helpful. Then they came back and said, yeah, masks are helpful. Then they came back and said, okay, masks are required. And then some science comes out that says masks really don't help that much. And then you look at the people wearing masks and how they wear masks. And then there's a political response to the people who aren't wearing masks, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we have got a very complex system that's affecting all of our behaviors, and each of the people in the structure are influenced, their behavior is influenced by the structure that we've developed. And nobody is standing back with a little bit of time and a little bit of effort and understanding what the system is because it's a very complex system. So we'll talk about this system's thinking again in the future, but in the meantime, spend some time thinking about the systems that you'll be in in your business. Think about how your business relates to the political entities, how your business relates to the business environment, how your business might relate to the COVID crisis. What are the things that systematically are changing? Look ahead to what those systematic changes may be and start aiming the business towards a system solution. If you remain reactive to the event that happens today, And you can't at least get into a responsive pattern where you're looking at the patterns of behavior of other players in the business, then you're never going to get to where you have a generative solution because you're not thinking about the system. So systems thinking, it's worth your time and effort to start mapping out the systems that you play in. And you can start with your family systems. You can start with your neighborhood systems. You can start with the business systems that you operate in currently and think about how your actions and behaviors respond to the system and how the system responds to your behaviors. It's Woody Huffines. This is the Owner's Voyage. To be an owner of a business, you have to think about systems. You have to think about things that are a little bit bigger than the events and the reactions that we have in, in business. We'll talk about it again. This has been episode 25 of the Owner's Voyage.